0: Let's look ahead to a confusing week seven in the NBA for fantasy basketball. It's the week seven preview. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and the files are in the computer. My name, my name? No, I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always, at Redrock underscore B-Ball, at TikTok at Redrock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty dollars if your team wins. Visit FanDuel slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So we're doing a week seven preview show, just a quick update. Um, the schedule of things this week, obviously, for just for the NBA games is going to be different, but that's going to mean things are different. For the podcast, we'll still get content out. Things might be just um, just slightly different to how we usually do them because we have to adjust. Because let's be fair, this is the um, probably most unique week. Most unique? You can't have that. It is a unique week in... Um, In the NBA and in fantasy basketball, we've never really had anything uh, like this. So we're all going to be sort of adjusting on the fly and working out exactly how it's going to work with more knowledge of this for next season. I think all of our preseason expectations of you can't really make any draft decisions based on the in-season tournament was 100% correct. Um, you couldn't do that because, A, you would be having to like make weird draft plans and tie-break decisions in your draft based on who you think would qualify through uh, to be the eight teams in, and then to get, what, like a game advantage in week seven of a 24-week season, it's not worth it, right? That that sort of level of percentage outcome of hitting on that is not worth any of those decisions. (laughs) So our... Our approach to completely ignoring the in-season tournament through the draft process and early part of the season is correct. What our approach was was to attack it when it happened, and that's what we're doing now. So we're here to look at week seven. It is the finale of the NBA's inaugural in-season tournament, and that means that we've got weird stuff going on, and let's just get this stuff out of the way. Right now, I've been banging on about this all through week six, going on and on and on, so you've got it in your head. You may not have seen any of those shows, so here we are now. This is what happens this week. On Monday, we have two games. By the way, there are zero games on Sunday. So whenever you're watching this, like the end of week six, week six is done after Saturday's 12 games. We start week seven with two games on Monday. We have two games on Tuesday all of the teams who did not qualify for the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament play on Wednesday, that is 11 games. The winners of the quarterfinals, which are Monday and Tuesday, there's two games Monday, two games Tuesday, so the four winners from those four games play each other in the in-season tournament semifinals on Thursday. That's another two game day. The losers Losers. The losers from Monday and Tuesday's four games, the teams that get knocked out of the quarterfinals, they all play each other as part of Friday's schedule as well as the other 22 teams that did not qualify. So in the end, we have um, 26 teams playing on Friday for 13 games. So we go two games Monday, two games Tuesday, 11 games on Wednesday, two games on Thursday, 13 games on Friday. So when you go to look at your schedule to plan it out for the week, you will see many teams, eight teams, have only one game scheduled. That is incorrect. Every single team plays two games. The problem for those eight teams is that we don't know when the second game is or who it's against. So the schedule can't literally put it in. Now, over at Basketball Monster, we've tried to make implied guesses as to who wins so that we can actually schedule it out and put some um, weekly minutes behind everybody. But we don't know that for certain. We don't know when those games take place. And that is going to be a big deal. On Saturday and Sunday, Saturday is the final of the in-season tournament in Las Vegas. The two winners of the semifinals on Thursday play for the first ever NBA Cup on Saturday. That game does not count for fantasy. It does not count for NBA regular season statistics. It does not count in the NBA's um, regular season standings. It does not count at all, and Sunday there are zero games, so we have a weird week. There are five days of games that count for Fantasy Monday through Friday, and we have zero games on Saturday and zero games on Sunday. Get that right through your head. That is what we are dealing with this week. Nothing on Saturday, nothing on Sunday. Now, people have asked me, so when does that mean that the new week rolls over in terms of acquisitions? I actually don't know. And that same goes for week six. do not not sure when they're going to roll over. Like, when are they going to officially end week six? Are they going to do it after all of Saturday's games? At the usual processing time and then reset your counters for Sunday? I think they might not. I think they might actually wait until the end of, weeks, uh, the end of Sunday, even though there are zero games on. But I don't know. And that's going to be a similar problem for week seven. I just don't know when that stuff's going to reset. So we'll find out. Uh, today to see when that all goes down. But for next week, we have two games. Whatever you see, whatever schedule you see put out, Woja's tweeted out, whatever you see it on Yahoo, whatever, believe me, this is correct. And you can ask Source. Source is me. I am. This is correct. There are two games on Monday, two games on Tuesday, 11 games on Wednesday, two games on Thursday, 13 games on Friday. We do not know the two games on Thursday, and we only know 11 of the 13 games on Friday. There is one game on Saturday which does not count for fantasy and there are zero games on Sunday. If you are going to burn anything into your head, don't, it probably hurts. But if you're going to burn anything into your head, this is what you do. This is what you tattoo across the back of your hand. This is what we need to know for the week ahead. And what does it mean in terms of fantasy? Well, it's shit. It's good in the sense that every team plays two games the most even week possible in terms of games distribution. So when we're talking about your top-end players, your first five picks... Every one of them, whoever you're going up, assuming they're not hurt, every one of them plays five game, uh, plays two games, so you're at no games disadvantage. It's not like your Luka plays two games while his Jokic plays four. Right? You're not getting cooked in that way. That's not the problem. The problem is going to be overall volume of games played. Because we're going to get 10 games in on Wednesday, 10 active fantasy games on Wednesday. We're going to get 10 in on Friday. Usually, with 11 games on, you're fine to get your 10 in. With 13 games on, you'll get your 10 in. You'll fill all your active spots, you're done. That's 20 games. And then it's going to be about how do you maximize games played Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, when there's A, not many games on, and B, I think the teams are going to be tightening the rotation, bumping the minutes to starters. So even like your 10th and 9th men might not play enough to matter. But even if they play 10 minutes, those bench players, 10 minutes is better than getting nothing. You're not going to hit your, um, your games cap if you've got that. You're not going to run into any of those problems. So anybody who you project to get in the rotation is going to have more value than a zero. Don't go too crazy on it. Don't be like, well, I've got this guy that I'm holding. and He's injured. Maybe do I drop him to get one extra game in this week? In the scheme of things, a loss this week isn't going to be the end of your season unless you're sitting towards the bottom of the ladder and you're 0-6, all right? Then you do need to scrap for every victory. But don't be like, well, I'm going to drop my three worst players and stream all those spots in, get those extra games and secure a victory when those three worst players might actually be you worth holding for the rest of the rest of the season. Um, be, be be cautious to balance. Be ready to throw, not throw the week, but ready to be like, ah, it just hasn't worked out for me this week and I'll move on to the next week. Because recovering this week through streaming is really, really hard. It's basically impossible. You're not going to be able to recover if you're already at a games play disadvantage. Is why we banged on last week about grab some IST, guys. Grab the Knicks guys, grab these players, Suns guys, Pelicans guys, grab these players so we can get in and get um, some early, early leg up for next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. All right, there are so many things that happen throughout the world um, and you know, we don't always love to talk about these things, but we need to prepare for things that can happen. We need to prepare for real life pharmacies. Can be running out of medication at any point. So many supply chain issues across the world. Even basic uh, antibiotics like amoxicillin. And you're right in a situation where you, you guys in North America, heading into winter, and we know that um, uh, bacterial infections can spike in those sort of situations. You don't want to be in a situation where the supply chain issue is keeping you from getting the medication that you need for your family to get them healthy and get them back on track. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen at any point to any of us. So go to jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. Yes, it will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to prepare than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order Jase Medical, J-A-S-E Medical com. I spent a bit of time on that schedule because it, it is important that we get it right because I'm still sure I will get questions about, is it true there's no games on Saturday, Sunday? Why does my schedule only say 11 on Friday? This will still happen, right? But I want to minimize that so we actually know where we sit with all of this. We need, to, we need to know where we sit. All right, so as I said, we look at the games played. Every single team plays two games. There will be two, game, two teams that play three games, but it doesn't count. The teams that make the finals, it does not count that third game. Every single team plays two games for the week. Let's look in the Western Conference. Who are the teams in the Western Conference that have made the in-season tournament? The Lakers and the Suns, the Kings and the Pelicans. Burn these team names into your head. We'll talk more about that in a second. The East teams, the Knicks, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Pacers. Every team that's made the in-season tournament quarterfinals is a pretty good team. They're all teams you can see making, uh, making the playoffs and making an impact in the playoffs, which is, you know, I guess, how they would have loved for this whole situation to play out. The, all the best teams aren't necessarily there. There's no Jokic, obviously. There's no Sixers, no Miami. But you've still got very, very good teams here. So they're your eight teams who are playing. So let's head to the stream zone because this is going to be, again, an important part of what we do. On Monday, there are two games. Boston at Indiana, the Pelicans and the Kings. On Tuesday, it's the Knicks and the Bucks, and it's the Suns and the Lakers. Now, these guys are going to be advertising with us later on today, Fangio, Um, but we're going to look at what the implied odds or the favored teams are to get some sort of an advantage here. So when we're looking at streaming for the week ahead, right? we can look at this and go, all right, so we've got our four waiver ads we can just attack every day as it is because there's no back-to-backs. We don't have to worry about back-to-backs. And we know that Friday's a no-go zone and Wednesday's are no-stream zone in general. We're really looking at Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And the problem is, is we don't know who plays on Thursday. So Boston, Indiana, the Pelicans and the Kings. The Celtics and the Kings are the two favored teams on Monday. On Tuesday's game, it's the Bucks and it's the Lakers who are favoured. Now, the Lakers are currently favoured by only two points. The Bucs are six-point favourites. So I guess you can consider Suns close enough to being uh, a chance there, whereas the Bucs are significant favourites over the Knicks. For the other ones, the Kings are four and a half and the Celtics are five-point favourites. So relatively, uh, relatively strong favourites. Not blowout favourites, but relatively strong favourites. So we've got these teams here. Now, if if you are looking to stream and minimize your ads, which you don't have to, but the other thing you need to realize, if you go and add a Celtics streamer, a Kings streamer, let's say Harrison Barnes, Trey Lyles, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, right? Assuming that the Celtics and Kings are going to win, right? say so they're the guys you target, but then you go, ah, oh, well, I want to get an extra game in on Tuesday, so I want to get a Malik Beasley, I want to get Josh Hart, I want to get Hartenstein quickly, I want to get uh, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, Rui Hachimura, whoever it is When you drop. Those Celtics and Kings guys, assuming that they win, then you, become, you get back into a battle with somebody else to reclaim them for the Thursday game because then everybody's going to be going after those teams that won. So it is a debate. Can you find enough value to get stream options on Monday, drop them, get a stream option on Tuesday, drop them again, get a stream option back on Thursday? That's three games. That's worth it. But what if you drop the guy on Monday... Their team wins. You grab someone on Tuesday, and then their team loses, right? Because grabbing someone on Tuesday that wins is a bonus because you don't have to end up dropping them. But you grab someone on Monday, their team wins, but you drop them to get a Thursday guy. Their team loses. And then you go back to try and find that guy on Thursday. And you say, let's use Al Horford as an example. You, you grab Al Horford, the Celtics win. You drop him to go and grab Josh Hart for the Knicks. So you get Horford and Hart. Monday, Tuesday, really good start to your streaming. These are shallower the guys, you know, obviously. Um, and then the Knicks lose to the Bucs, so Hart's not useful. He doesn't play until Friday. And then you want to go and re-add Al Horford, but you can't. So then you're in a situation where it's Boston-Milwaukee playing on Thursday, and it's Sacramento and the Lakers. And then the guys you have available in those semifinals to add, you're down to Peyton Pritchard. You're down to Marjon Beauchamp. You're down to... Um, uh, Rui Hachimura, Ivor Prince, and you're down to Alexander Sasha Vizenkov. Is that move worth it to drop Al Horford, name to be replaced, to get the extra game on Tuesday, and then get a worse player on Thursday? My non-definitive statement is yes. It is. While Horford would be significantly better than a vizenkov or a Herder or or a Lyles, or a McGee. McGee's a bad option. Or a um, Hachimura, Prince, a Vanderbilt bar. Like, he's clearly better than those. But getting, like, the chance of, like, getting Horford, having a Monday and then having to hold through a zero on Tuesday when there are going to be better options, and then getting him on uh, getting two games versus three games, or even say, because the guys that qualify through for the semifinal, you're only getting a, a worse option. You're getting two and a half games. The two and a half is probably better, or it's almost definitely better than getting just two games out of Horford. Now, if you look at, again, we're going to keep using Horford. If you look at Horford, and then you go to Tuesday, well, all the good streamers are gone. And the only option I can add is a Beauchamp or it is a Drew Eubanks. Then maybe it is worth holding a Horford not streaming the Tuesday and getting him in again on, on Thursday. I hope it's a tough week. We've never done this before. And there are decisions that have to be made that are very specific to your league. And I'm trying to give you decision trees and thought processes behind this. We'd never have been in a situation where we have to try and guess which team wins. And that does make it um, difficult. Like I said, if we look at the odds and the favourites, this is what Thursday's lineup would look like Boston, Milwaukee, and Sacramento and the Lakers. And it doesn't matter who wins or loses these games for fantasy purposes. But these teams might not win. So if you're looking at debating, like these are the guys I would attack the Celtics, the Bucks, the Kings, and the Lakers, especially the two that play on the Tuesday game. Like we really want to get the Bucks and the Lakers guys in because then we don't have to put ourselves in a conundrum to drop them. We can hold them through to Thursday. But do you want to grab those Bucks guys now? Do you want to, like Leaky Beasley? Yes. Bob Portis, yes, but do you want to grab like Beauchamp or Andre Jackson, Cameron Payne now and miss out on a juicy opportunity for Hauser, Isaiah Jackson, Andrew Nempard, um Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, uh, Vizenkov, Lyles, probably not. I think your best bet, honestly, is going to be stream someone Monday, drop them, stream someone Tuesday, maybe drop them. Get someone else or two guys in on Thursday. Maximize your games played. But overall, this is a game. It's a matchup in week seven of a long season that if it doesn't work out for you, oh, well, don't sacrifice long-term value for just sneaking stuff in. This is not an in-season tournament for fantasy. We don't win a cup, a title, nothing, unless your league's weird. We don't win anything this week. So just treat it like a normal week with a very, very weird schedule. I hope, again, we're all going to learn a lot more out of this. As, uh, as this whole thing um, goes along. Today's episode is brought to you by the guys who have been giving us these in-season tournament values, odds. Vangel, as the weather gets colder... The NBA's in-season tournament heats up and the offers at FanDuel are there to toast you up and keep you warm. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So, If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. You can use your $5 Moneyline bet on one of the in-season tournament bets or you can use it on any of the other games that happen during the week and then use those bonus bets on futures, on props, on sides, on uh, parlays, on um, totals or whatever. FanDuel has got all that stuff and the app is unbelievably easy to use. So go to fanjool.com slash locked on. Get involved in the NBA's in-season tournament. is also an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. What I really hope is that this show in particular that I'm doing now is not confusing. It's obviously a big departure from the usual structure of a week 7 preview. I've never done a show like this. I've never att- attempted anything like this and I just hope it's not confusing. I hope we're all good here. I hope. So let's look. For Monday's in-season tournament games, who are some guys that we can look at? Again, I am thinking that they are going to bump the minutes of the starters. 10% extra minutes. A 33-minute guy becomes a 36-minute guy. You'll get some 40-minute players. A 10-man rotation becomes a 9-man rotation, I think. And then when we get to Thursday's games, it might tighten up even more. They won't run it like it's the Western Conference Finals, but they will run it like maybe not a play-in game or maybe a first-round playoff series. A little bit of a bump in minutes, a little bit of a bump in intensity. In terms of streaming in Monday's action, all these guys are 45% rostered or less. So we're looking at Aaron Neesmith for the Pacers. We're looking at the Pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy, And the Kings are favored to beat the Pelicans. So Barnes could be an option if you want to forego streaming in for Tuesday. Now, if you've got two streaming spots, which is not something I've really discussed, then we grab these guys on Monday, we hold them, we use our second streaming spot on Tuesday and hope we get the winners there and then we get the two extra games on Thursday. And if your team already has a bunch of players from these teams, well, you're already in a pretty strong spot. It might be worth looking if your opponent has lots of guys that play on the in-season tournament teams and you have none, that chasing an extra two games is not worth it. Use the week to stash. Use the week to grab longer-term value. Use the week to grab guys that are currently hurt who might have been panic-dropped. Because you just might be at a 10-game disadvantage and you can't do shit about it. So use the week differently. Try to minimize the damage in a category league. In a points league, it doesn't matter if you lose by 1,000 or by 50. But if you cannot get there because the way your teams are structured, you're just so far behind, use it for something different. Use the week differently. Obi Toppin is a good stream for Monday too. If the Pacers win, Neesmith and Toppin become excellent, excellent stream holds through Thursday. If, again, we've got that, that Tuesday situation. Um, Slam and Sammy Hauser and Trey Lyles, both playing for teams that are favored to win, Celtics and Kings. And then Isaiah Jackson, the foul legend, but also might get five blocks. Some value in those guys. This is all going to depend on your individual situation. The next one is probably more interesting because it's the Tuesday in-season tournament games, and you know that if these guys win, it's very easy to hold. You don't sacrifice anything with 11 games on Wednesday. But the problem is there's less interesting players on the favoured teams. The favoured teams are the Lakers over the Suns and the Bucks over the Knicks. Now, obviously, the number one guy we'd be looking at here is Leaky Beasley. But he's rostered everywhere. And then Bobby Portis, and he's likely rostered too. But if they're not, they're the great options. Grayson Allen becomes a really good one for the Suns. Even if Devin Booker is back, Allen will play a sizable role because Bradley Beal won't be. So Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, their value maintains. Drew Eubanks, used to Nurkic is killing it, but there could be a weird Nurkic game in here where Eubanks has to step up. That's a roll of the dice. DiVincenzo and the Knicks, we know what is happening with them at the moment in that quickly and Barrett have lost minutes and Hart and DiVincenzo have pushed up. Now, I don't know that that happens every game, but there's a chance that the Knicks he- uh, play here and then beat the Bucks and move on to Thursday, which is a huge win. Jared, Vinder- Va- Jared Vanderbilt Bar is back. I don't think that Vanderbilt Bar is a 12-team league guy. I've had many questions, way more than I thought I would. Hey, man, Vanderbilt's coming back. Do we go and grab him? No. like he's going to be a fringe player that only gets an artificial boost in rankings because of turnovers. And if you froth turnovers, you should have had him in your active lineup for the first six weeks where he has actually had zero turnovers for the whole season. That's partly a joke, but it's also not. I don't think Vanderbilt is a must-roster player. But if the Lakers, who are favored to win, do win, then his Tuesday, Thursday games are interesting. And the same goes with um, face mask legend Rui Hachimura, who is coming back from a broken nose and will play. So we get the potential for them to win and get the Tuesday, Thursday. The other one to look at is Hartenstein. But yeah, obviously we're looking at HART and quickly if they're available, but they've passed my 45% cutoff, so they're probably not. So that's where we sit with the Monday and Tuesday schedule. What I do want to focus on now though is the other 22 poverty franchises that couldn't even qualify for the knockout stages of the in-season tournament. Because even though we've got 11 games on Wednesday and we've got 13 games on Friday where streaming is not going to be possible, I've got six names here that are available in like 50% plus of leagues that you can add and you probably would start them Wednesday and Friday. Alex Caruso. Zach Levine is out. Kobe White, obviously, but his roster percentage is way high. Levine is out. We hope that we can get 29 out of Caruso. And the same goes with Pat Williams. Now, he could be very, very poor. But with the minutes that he's likely to get, he might be a top 110 player for these two games. Derek Lively, still available, amazingly. Yes, Rashawn Holmes got some minutes last game. Don't care. Lively's still a must-roster player. Still would be startable, I think, on those days. Keontae George, you're going to have some issues with the field goal percentage, but I would still use him. And then the two magic centers. Both guys get it done in different ways. And I don't expect Wendell Carter to return. Goga Badadze and Mo Wagner. Both of them could be rostered and you might start them. Again, according to my projections, they look startable on both Wednesday and Friday. Maybe. It depends on your team. But there's six names who are over 50% available who you could add for the week. Not on the streaming days, but you still would use them on Wednesday, Friday. Caruso, Lively, Williams, George, Badadze, and Flaming Mo Wagner. And I think, again, I don't really know, but I think that covers everything. For weekly changes leagues, it's like everyone plays the two. It doesn't matter what day they play on. Those six names that I just mentioned there as a daily changes Wednesday, Friday, they're options for you guys in weekly leagues to add and start for the week too. But this is just the easiest week in terms of looking at the production of players looking at everyone playing the two games in a weekly changes league where you just start your best 10 guys. How you figure that out, that is up to you in your own particular format and your opponent that you're up against. But I think that's how we look at it. It's a, it's a crapshoot. We have to sort of guess... Who's going to win Monday, Tuesday's games to see who gives us the Thursday stream value? A lot of times, I think I'd rather just roll the dice and get a Monday guy, a Tuesday guy, and then get back another Thursday guy, but it might not work out. That's the situation we're going to be in this week. And if you're at a significant games disadvantage already because of how your opponent's schedule slides out, don't chase. You'll end up costing yourself long-term. Use it as a stash of a week. Get a couple of little sneaky categories in if you can. You'll win turnovers, guaranteed. Try and get some of that stuff in if you can't get close, like if you are at a 30 versus 20 games disadvantage, that's like 50% more. You can't catch up to that. It's, that's an extreme example, but there's going to be someone that's playing today or that's listening to this that has either them or their opponent that is just jam-packed full of Celtics, Bucks, um, Suns, Lakers, Kings, whatever, and got the big games play advantage. That's going to happen. It's not likely, but it is going to happen. And guys, that's a weird week seven preview done. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. We are under 800 people away, 800 subscribers away from hitting 70k. I want to get there, please. Let's get there before Christmas. If you haven't subbed, hit it. We're almost there. Hit the notification bell as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.